Uh, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, uh, one God, amen. Uh, thank you guys for uh, giving me an opportunity to share to share today. Uh, and part of the dust always, you know, in this church as we transition, right, in this time, uh, we have it. Uh, I was meditating on just thinking about how many liturgies we've been to in our lives, right? If I just ask, Henry, how many liturgies have you been to in your life? Ten thousand. I mean, five thousand, right? We've been to a lot of liturgies in our lives, right? Like we've been to a lot of liturgies in our life, and I think one of the things that I think about a lot is how much wisdom there is in these liturgies that we miss. So, despite going to five thousand liturgies in your life, thousand liturgies in your life, every time I come, I hear something new, right? Even if you've heard it every time, right? Like one of my favorite uh, parts of liturgy, and we said it again today, and always gives me pause, right? Like we too, who are sojourners in this place, grant us thy peace. Keep us in thy faith and grant us thy peace until the end, right? Like just beautiful poetry that comes out of this. Um, but since I was a kid, there was always another part of liturgy that gave me pause every time, right? And it was during the commemoration of the saints, right? And every time we would come up to the commemoration of the saints, we would say St. Gregory the Theologian, St. Gregory the Wonder Worker, St. Gregory the Armenian, and I'd look over at Michael or something and I'd say, that's, that's a lot of Gregory's, you know? That's a, a lot of Gregory's. Or it's like the beginning of a, like a bad joke, right? Like a theologian, a wonder worker, an Armenian, a walk on the bar, right? And uh, let's see what's next, you know? What comes to this? Uh, uh, so I think about this a lot, right? I think about this a lot, right? Like, why did the church choose, you know, the, say, to say St. Gregory, St. Gregory, and St. Gregory all next to each other? And then to say that to have a theologian, a wonder worker, an Armenian, what's the difference, right? And so in my mean, we, in my, the way I interpret that now, after hearing this, again, 40 plus years of hearing the same line over and over again in the liturgy, is that we all need a Gregory. We all need a, this specific type of person kind of in our life, and, and let's meditate on that a little bit as, as, we, as we keep going. Uh, we do need a theologian, we do need a wonder worker, and if you don't have an Armenian in your life, <laughs> I hope you find one, because they're great people, some of my favorite people in the world. Yeah? Um, no, no joke. Um, so quickly, let's talk about the, 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 the Gregories, and, and we'll keep going. But we know great St. Gregory the Theologian, right? We know that the Gregorian liturgy, right, that, that he wrote, right? We know who he is in the, in the fourth century. He was very close friends with St. Basil, and there's a lot of great stories that come from uh, the, the time of St. Gregory the Theologian. They went to school together in Athens, right? Um, if you maybe didn't know that, it was a fun fact I only learned a few years ago, right? That they knew each other, grew up together. Yeah. Easily edit that out of the recording. Yeah. Uh, he never became the Archbishop of Constantinople, um, and he was one of the ones who fiercely defended uh, against heretics who were uh, uh, denying the the the, the uh, existence of the Trinity. So he's considered a Trinitarian theologian, right? He's one who, who fought who, who who fought against this. He's and of the three Gregories, there's something similar with them. They're saints in all the churches. They're saints in the East and the West, right? Saints in the Catholic Church, right? In, in, in our church as well. An order, a poet, a writer, right? Just somebody who, 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 know, who knew how to speak well. Spoke at the ecumenical council, right? In defense of these things. And seeing people nod their heads, you know much more than me. I'm not a theologian. I just learned from the theologians, right? So those of you who can speak on this um, know, know of, of, of St. Gregory and what, and what he is. And one of the uh, more profound things he said is, we are not made for ourselves alone. We are made for the good of all of our fellow creatures. And that will become relevant as we keep talking here. Right? Um, St. Gregory the Wonder Worker. This is a more complicated name from where he's from. Uh, many of them became archbishops. The Gregories are talking about became archbishops, right? Uh, bishops of their land. Again, Saint in the East and the West. And his job, right? St. Gregory the Wonder Worker, 
um, is he his his story has much to do with about converting pagans right and toward to Christianity. That was one of his his ability to create miracles. Uh, wonder worker when the wonder worker came from his his miracle doing. There's a great story actually of him. Uh, there's one story he talked about. Uh, two brothers came to him and they were asking him to uh, you know help them dispute this feud that they were having over their dad's property. Right. So father passes away. Typical for siblings to fight over who gets the house, who gets the land, right? Who gets all these things. And it was like a lake house. They had this huge lake, right, that the, that the, that the house was on. So they go to St. Gregory, and they say, hey, pray for us. We're fighting over this. We don't know how to dispute these things. He said, come, come see me again tomorrow. Overnight, he's praying. He drives up the lake. You got nothing to fight over anymore. Don't worry about it. The house is on the lake anymore. It's all good, right? You guys can go and split this up even. Right? There's so many good stories that came out of his, his, his ability, his ability to create miracles, his ability to be that one to work. That was his gift, right? His gift was right, to convert people based on, on his ability to be that sort of wonder worker. The other famous kind of story of St. Gary the Wonder Worker, right, in, in his land, right, is when he came in, uh, the, there were 17 Christians when he arrived, right, as, as bishop of the land, and when he left, right, there were only 17 pagans left, right? That's the, the, the wonder that he committed, that he produced in his land. St. Gregory the Armenian, also known as St. Gregory the Illuminator, right? Um, so I question why we continue calling St. Gregory the Armenian. If you look on the icon, right, it's, uh, it's written in his icon, the Illuminator, right? So if you look closely, if I go back to the first slide, right, which I take straight from the, the slides of the liturgy, right, you can look right on the look right on the icon, it says St. Gregory uh, the Illuminator, patron saint of the Armenian church, right? Saint, patron saint of Armenian church, again, from uh, uh, the east and the west, he's recognized, he recognized the saint. His story is, is amazing. So this guy spent 12 years in the pit of oblivion. Literally. So this is the time of the king. I, I've always had a hard time saying his name. I think Tridates is his name. King Tridates of, the, of that Armenian land, right, was persecuting Christians left and right. That was his job. And, and uh, St. Gregory, uh, the illuminator, his father, right, was, was someone who was outspoken. And so St. Gregory's dad... It was imprisoned and tortured, right, by King Tridates. So then, of course, if you're the son of that guy, you're guilty as well. So when he found him, throws him in a pit, the pit of oblivion, and read it, Aratasha, very Armenian name, right? Uh, in, the, in this pit of oblivion, spent 12 years in this pit, only to come out of the pit and then convert that same king that put him into Christianity. Unreal, right? Think about that again. In the pit for 12 years, by this king who sentenced him to that, comes out of the pit 12 years later and then converts the guy that sentenced him. To, to be in that pit for 12 years. The Illuminator, right? St. Gregory the Illuminator. Um, and he baptized many, 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 part of his story, baptized many in the Euphrates River, right? And in the last kind of couple of decades of his life, uh, he spent them in monastic solitude, right? And, and, and died alone in the, in the, excuse me, in, in the mountains. So um, the other really interesting story about Armenia at that time, uh, and someone fact-checked me, right? Uh, especially graduates of X. Uh, tell me, that Armenia was the first official Christian nation uh, in the world, right? That when he converted uh, Armenia to, to, to Christianity, right, they were considered the first kind of official uh, Christian Christian nation in the world because it was in, integrated in with the army, right? They are this, and this is again more another rabbit hole we could go down, but like they were they were utilizing the government, the military, and the army to like convert people to Christianity at that time through Saint Saint Gregory's works, you know. Um, so anyway, interesting. So St. Gregory the Theologian, St. Gregory the Wonder Worker, St. Gregory the Illuminator, right? What does this tell us? That there is a variety of gifts, right? There's a variety of gifts that, that, that God gives us, right? And in, in these variety of gifts he gives us, we are to use those talents, we are to use those gifts for our, for our purpose, right? 
few few things: prophecy, serving, teaching, exhorting, giving, leading, showing mercy. Right? In Corinthians, we talk uh, talks about Paul talks about the differences of ministries. That each ministry would be different, right? Not in, that each ministry wouldn't be the same, right? And then also in Corinthians, it's the same Spirit works all things, distributing to each one individually, just as He wills. Individually, just as He wills, right? Just as we need. Right? So we know that God gives us, right? These gifts, God gives everybody their own talents. God gives everyone to each what they need, and we are. It's our responsibility to use those, right? It's our responsibility to use to use those talents. The modern day way of looking at this, and I stole this from. Uh, my wife, right, um, and from her work, right, is the way we say this now is within neuro is neurodiversity, right? God understood that neurodiversity made this world a stronger and a better place, and not only that, it brought people to the faith. So how people were illuminated by Saint Gregory the Armenian, how people were uh, shown the, the light of Christ by Saint Gregory the Wonder Worker, or how people learned from the lessons, right, of Saint Gregory the Theologian, every one of those was different. It was like each land and each area needed something different, right? So God understood that neurodiversity was the key to the kingdom of heaven for all of us here, right? Neurodiversity describes the idea that people experience and interact with the world around them in many different ways. There's no one right way of thinking, learning, and behaving, and that differences are not viewed as deficits. There's not one right way of thinking, right? That I might need something else to help me understand Christ. I may need something, a, new, a different experience to help me understand Right, God in my life. And these views are not seen as differences. Right? They're not seen as deficits, I should say. They're not seen as deficits. Because we live in like a really deficit-oriented world. So imagine if we looked at St. Gregory, all the three Gregories in the beginning, and then said, all these Gregories, well, that guy's a, a really good theologian, he's a good writer, but he can't speak very well, so, you know, that's he's not so much, right? Oh, it's really great that you're a great wonder working, you commit miracles, but can you write anything? Can you sing? Can you do it? Yeah, we do this to priests, we do this to servants, we do this all the time, don't we? Right? We do this, we say, oh, that priest, he's not going to give him sermons, he's giving us good liturgy, but, you know, that's so, you know, not so much. We don't, we look at everyone from a deficit-oriented path. Our schools, I see a lot of educators always here, right, with us. Our schools are notorious at this, right? They look at you and then they say, what are you bad at? All right, that's what's going to keep you down the whole time. Instead of saying, you're really good at this thing, you're really amazing at this thing, let's just focus on that. Let's like, you're an amazing writer, we're going to keep producing. But because you're a great writer and you're terrible at math, I don't know if college is going to accept it. I don't know if you're going to graduate. You can't sit eight hours straight in a chair, right, in your classroom without fidgeting, <clears throat> without taking this standardized test, right, without doing well on this thing. I'm not sure. We take this deficit approach instead of taking a strength-based approach. This is one of the reasons why I love hearing about the saint, the Gregory's and the commemoration of the saints, because we use this epithet, right? St. Gregory, the wonder worker. St. Gregory, the theologian, the illuminator, right? Imagine if we lived this way today, St. Mary, the, the wise, right? What if I saw, you know, Shireen, the kind, right? What imagine if I saw you? Jeremiah, right? The strong, right? Maybe. Yeah? <laughs> imagine if we had these epithets, but then we would recognize the strengths. It's like we recognize the strengths. It doesn't say, like, hey, it's St. Gregory, the theologian, terrible cook, right? The guy is a terrible cook, not a great friend, but he was a wonderful theologian, right? That's what we, we focus on the strengths, right? And we do this, again, we do this all the time, right? I show this slide when I give presentations about evaluation of talent, right? If I would say that the T-Rex, he's an amazing, amazing at pull-ups. Our T-Rex, but he's terrible at push-ups, right? Does that make him any less ferocious of a, of a beast? Does it make him any less ferocious of a dinosaur? Does that make him the strongest dinosaur of all time? He can't, he can't do a push-up? Try to see, try to have T-Rex do a push-up. Can't do it. Can't do it. 
right? But we judge people in this way, right? So instead of saying, right, I see this deficit in somebody, and that's going to be the problem, we say, I see the strength. I see the strength in what they and what they're able to do, right? And and when we go to heaven, I say this with the utmost confidence from everything that we've read that God on Judgment Day, when we are coming, there will not be the same criteria used for all of us. There's not a standardized test that we're going to take all we hear while we're here on Earth for us to be judged on at the end of the day. Like, you got a 95, you got an 88, but as long as you pass, you're going to heaven. There's no standardized test that comes in this. And we say, he said this very clearly in the Gospel, right? In Luke, Luke chapter 6, verse 38, hear this clearly. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. There's not a standardized test. There's no way to go to each one of us and say, this is the test for all of us on Judgment Day. This is the test that we're all going to pass. For what you use to be measured, it'll be used to measure you, right? And yet, this is how we tend to live our lives on Earth, as if there are some standard way of doing these things. Again, educators in this room may have seen this slide before, right? This is the argument against standardized testing. It's the arguments against judging kids in a very narrow fashion like this, right? All right, to be fair, you all got to climb this tree, and then we'll see who passes. Can you imagine that? Is the fish going to be able to climb this tree? Is the goat going to be able to climb this tree? Guarantee the monkey passes this test. There are other versions of this. There are other versions of this slide that come up, right? We can have a, I can have a swim test and put the, the, the fish, the shark, you know, the gorilla, and the goat, right? Whoever swims to the other side fast enough wins. Doesn't make sense, right? It wouldn't make sense, but this is how we operate generally in life. This is how we operate over here. This is how we operate in our schools. This is how we operate in our families. This is how we operate in our churches. This is how we operate in our institutions. And we think that we want to judge everybody in that same line. It doesn't work that way. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Right? And go back and thinking of our gifts. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Again, in its various forms. It's going to be different for everybody, right? Everybody's talent is going to be different. So not only should we be using our, our talents and using those services, we should be acknowledging and recognizing that in everybody else. It goes both ways. So we hear a lot about how we need to use our talents, right? We hear in the parable of the sower, the parable of the weeds, the ten bridesmaids, right? The parable of the talents. We hear many of these parables in the Bible all the time. And those are generally spoken to us to say how you use what the words God has given you, how you use the talents that have been given to you. We hear this all the time. But the flip side of that, the, the reciprocal of that, is that we should be acknowledging that in everybody else. And we don't take enough time to acknowledge the strengths and the gifts that others have given us, right? And given... To us, meaning given to us in this world through God, through Christ. That's where we get these things, right? Again, we have these parables. Each of you should give, use whatever gift you receive to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So we acknowledge it, we receive, we give, and we acknowledge it in others, and we know this. So we all need a Gregory, right? We all need a Gregory, whether it's Gregory Isaacs, Gregory Peck, Gregory Solomon. You know, we all need a Gregory on some level in our life. We all need a Gregory to have it with us, right? If you haven't listened to Gregory Isaacs yet, you're missing out. Right? And, and that's Gregory Peck, a young Gregory Peck. And Gregory Solomon, we all love Gregory Solomon, right? We all need a Gregory, right? We all need a Gregory somewhere in our life, okay? So, as we wrap up here, right? Two, two, more, two more prayers I want to say with us. One is verse, and then we'll say a prayer together before we wrap up here. Again, straight from... Straight from our scripture, right? Paul's letter to the Romans. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, 
then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. St. Paul speaking directly to the Romans, telling them, we each have these gifts. Whatever it is, use it. Whatever gift someone else has, acknowledge it and cherish it. We all need a greater gift. So for us, in conclusion, uh, I want to pray with you together uh, at the end, right? And we think we meditate on this, right? We think about the diversity of our skills, the diversity of our talents, the neurodiversity that God gave us that made each of us different in all this. Uh, let's uh, stand up. We say this prayer together. Instead of the awkward moment of asking who's going to pray and all those things, assign one boy and one girl. Pray for the people who didn't come this week, come next week. Yeah? Which is my all-time favorite. Right. Let's say this one together. Right. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Lord, help me to accept my tools, however dull they are. Help me to accept them. And then, Lord, after I accepted my tools, then help me to set out and do what I can with my tools. The prayers for our Father St. Paul and Mother St. Mary. In all gratitude and thanksgiving, here is the Lord, we pray together with all thanksgiving. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Sustain our daily bread, forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil one. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, and the kingdom and the power of the Lord. Amen.